Good morning, WFR. Everybody doing okay today? It's all right? Right, Ted? All right. Well, it's good to see you. Know, we have Easter coming up next week. We want to encourage you to, uh, as always, every week really, to invite people to look around who's missing from here. Also, invite uh, your neighbors, people you're meeting, and get them here for our Easter service. We've got great news to share with them. And so to give you a little bit of, uh, to give you just a little help on how not to invite or how to invite, we've got a little video we'll show you here right here. Okay, guys? When you're scared to invite someone to church this Easter, you procrastinate. When you procrastinate, you worry that it might be too late. When you worry that it might be too late, you resort to desperate measures. When you resort to desperate measures, you end up on the 6 o'clock news and become ostracized by your entire community. When you become ostracized by your entire community, you're forced to relocate to Possum Neck, Mississippi and change your name to Skeeter. Don't relocate to Possum Neck, Mississippi and change your name to Skeeter. Invite someone to church this Easter. I, I think I saw that guy here the first service. Uh, he fit right in, you know. So uh, uh, invite someone to the Easter service. We'll want to fill this place up a couple of different times and uh, spend some great, a great time uh, together. Um, we're going to be in Luke chapter 24. You can go ahead and turn there, and uh, uh, we're talking about this section a little bit of the risen Lord. Uh, you know, Trent has his, uh, Dr. Trent, excuse me, Dr. Trent has his the doctorate in marriage and family therapy, and so he's always more than willing to give me advice about that area of my life, and which I'm sure that I can use quite a bit. And uh, so I try to give him advice about, you know, his spiritual side and his gifts. And so uh, I had him and uh, Kirsten, you know, go to one, fill one of these things out, you know, where you find your spiritual gift. And so I asked, I asked uh, Kirsten, I said, what did, you, what did you discover? What's your spiritual? She said, service, which fits her perfect, right? She said, service. And all of a sudden, Trent says, service? You don't pick up around the house. You don't help me do this. You don't help me do that. And he starts naming all this stuff. I mean, he's griping. He's complaining. And I said, well, Trent, what, what did you find out your spiritual gift was? He said, encouragement. <laughs> well... We all need encouragement, right? And there is no story greater than the story of the empty tomb to give you encouragement and to give you and I hope for the future. It's the story of the gospel. And so let's do a little bit of reading here in uh, Luke chapter 24 and verse uh, 36 is where we'll start. Now, while they were still talking about this, now let me say that for just a minute. Remember, the women go to the tomb and it's empty. And so they run back and tell the folks about Jesus is raised from the dead. Then the Jesus meets the guys on the road to Emmaus and he's talking with them. And when he sits down and breaks bread with them, their eyes are open and they see, hey, this really is Jesus. So they run to where the disciples are and they go in and they start telling what they saw. And that's where you have it. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, 
Peace be with you. Now, look, all of a sudden, Jesus just shows up in the middle of the room. Now, look, when somebody just appears in the middle of the room, it's going to shake the room up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And so he just shows up. He appears there. And uh, his first words, because, look, he knew he was going to rattle them a little bit. He knew their weaknesses. His first words out of his mouth were, peace be with you. Peace be with you. There was a uh, group, a missionary group, trying to translate this idea of peace be with you, and and, uh, and and they couldn't quite come up with the right words in this one particular language. And one of the natives of that language translated it for them, and he said it meant a heart that sits down. And the idea was a heart that sits down with Jesus. You can just be there and be calm, Right? And so he tells them that. And, of course, he knows their response is going to be, they are startled and they're frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. And he said to them, why are you troubled and why do you doubt? Doubts rise in your minds. Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself touch me and see a ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it. And ate it in their presence. So the very first thing we get out of this section of this story. Is that Jesus is raised from the dead. They find it hard to believe. Some even think maybe it's a ghost. And he says this. See my body. Say that with me. See my body. He says look I'm right here. It's not a ghost. It's not a spirit. It's a body. A body came out of the ground. And Jesus is in his flesh in front of them, undeniable that he has victory over death. And he says, look, if you don't look, look at my hands, you can see the scars, touch me, give me something to eat. I'm functioning right here in this body. His body came out of the ground, and that's good news, people. That's good news, because this old life has some hard times, and we're going to run in some difficult times, and yet, at the same time, we have hope beyond this life. My body's coming out of the ground. That's good news. And boy, we need to hear that, because I'm telling you, this old world will get you down, and if the greatest joy you can have is to have some kind of happiness here, oh, boy, you're going to be disappointed. We're just preparing here to live life there. In a raised spiritual body. Not a spirit, but a spiritual body. This is a natural body. It's equipped to live in this nature. In this nature, you have to have uh, air, oxygen, food, those kinds of things, right? But a spiritual body will be equipped to live in the spiritual realm. And that's where it will function. But it will be a body. We were raised to life. And so Jesus gives us hope through the empty tomb. But he doesn't just say, see my body. Look what he what he tells them next. Luke chapter 22, 44. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that's written about me in the law of Moses, prophets, and the Psalms. And he opened up their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And he told them this is what was written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead. And on the third day, uh, and repentance or the forgiveness of sins will be preached to, uh, uh, in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. So not only does he tell them to see my body, now he tells them to remember my words. He said, look, it was written in the Old Testament. The prophets were there. 
the, uh, the Psalms declared it. You can tell that all this was true about me. I'm fulfilling all those things. He says, remember my words. Now, uh, you ever have a hard time remembering anything? I don't know why they say that gets, as you, they say that gets harder as you get older. You know, things go like your memory or your eyesight's not quite as good or your hearing's not quite there, you know, and so you don't see quite clear. I was kind of like that yesterday. I, uh, I was going to go to the store for Susan. She was cooking, having some people over, and I'll run to the store for her. So I went back there in the closet. I, I didn't turn the light on. I grabbed my tennis shoes. I put them on. I go to the store. I visit everybody I see, and I get my stuff. And Some of you, by the way, I'm, a couple of y'all I saw at the store, and y'all didn't tell me, by the way. I'm mad at you now. I go through this whole process. I get home. I sit down in my chair. I put my feet up. My look. And I got two different shoes on. Of course, my, the compassionate wife that I had said, wait a minute. Let me take a picture of that. You know. Thank you. Let's tell the whole world. Somebody said, well, what would you do? I said, well, I got another pair just like them at the house. You know. Right? Kind of like that old guy as he got older. He went there to, to get in bed. You know, he took his contacts out. He took his toupee off. He took his false teeth out. He took his brace off his hip, one off his knee, and he got in the bed. And all of a sudden, he realized there was more in the dresser than there was in the bed. That's <laughs> kind of like that sometimes, right? But here's something he says, remember. Now, all of us can remember some words. Even as little kids, we struggle to memorize things. Little Johnny was told to get everybody in the whole class is going to memorize Psalm 23. He worked and worked. He just couldn't get it down. And it came his time uh, to, to get up to the microphone and quote. He just got up. He nervously put his hands in his pocket. And he got a deep breath. And he said, the Lord is my shepherd. And that's enough for me. And he sat down. <laughs> I thought, well, that's pretty good. That's enough for me too, isn't it? Jesus says, remember my words. What words? He goes on to say the words that I must come and suffer and die and be raised from the dead. That word, the word of the gospel, the story of who Jesus is, those words remember. Remember it was prophesied about. Remember I was talked about by God in the word. Remember this is a fulfillment of this. You know I talked with you when I was with you three years teaching you and I shared these things with you. And he brings their mind back to those verses. And they remember what was written. Remembering Jesus' words. And boy, all of a sudden, their eyes are open, their minds open, and they are getting excited about what they get to share. Because the next thing he tells them, he says to them, tell my story. He says, see my body, it's really here. Remember my words, this is all spoken to you. Now I want you to go tell my story. It's the story of how man can be saved and all this mess and all this sinfulness. He can find Christ. He can have forgiveness. So you go and you preach forgiveness of sins. You preach repentance. You preach those things that brings people back to God. And so that's the word, that idea of repentance, of turning around and recognizing our own sinfulness and realizing we can have forgiveness in the story of Jesus and who he is and what he's done for us. That's good news, you see. That's good news. So we tell that story. We walk out here today. We want to tell that story to everybody we meet. I'm so, I'm so, so proud of so many in our church serving people in our community through this time that's hard, this hardship of this flood. So many people out there serving and helping. And that builds credibility because now all of a sudden you have a relationship with someone. You can tell the story of how Jesus changed your life. 
Why? Because our message is we love everybody. We want to help everybody, and we've got good news. This Easter, we've got good news for people. That's why I invite them. That's why I talk to your neighbor. That's why I make the phone call. It's great news to change people's hearts and change people's lives. The same news that changed you will change someone else. So we want to tell the story of Jesus. The old song says, tell me the what? Old, old story. That's the story we want to tell. Now I thought, okay, I want to encourage people to invite people to Easter. I want to get people to tell the story. So I usually do a little take-home thing, you know, on my slides. And so I'm going to need a little help with this one. Trent, come on up. It'll be okay, I, I promise. Here, grab that mic. All right, you, you can even turn it on, Trent. Let's see, I need a couple other uh, uh, other people to uh, help me up. Uh, Nick, the court, come on up here. He's like, oh, no. Don't worry, we're not making you lead singing or anything. It's okay. <laughs> here, here, get him on, ready to go. All right, I, I need one more. Jay, Jace, come on up and help me out, would you? Jace is like, oh, Mike, I am in the, I'm in front of enough people all the time as it is. Why do you want to get me up? Well, you're just a natural, bro. Here, here's what happens. This message, you, you can get by him, bro. It's okay. Be a part of him. This message of repentance and forgiveness of sin that's being preached. It, when we go out to people, we can't go out to people as we don't have anything wrong with us, like we're holier than they. Look, we're just saved people, right? And so when we, we go out, this acts of repentance means I recognize something about myself. It rec- I recognize that I, look, I'm a sinner. I have sinned. So that's, that's your line to say. That, Trent, when I point to you, you say what? I have sinned. Okay. Now, here's the problem. You can't say it like you enjoyed it. <laughs> I mean, you're kind of smiling there, you know. I mean, this is a repentance thing. Okay. <laughs> I have sinned. You know, try it one more time. When I point to you, you say your phrase. I have sinned. Okay, that's a little better. Okay, all right. Because uh, now, now, uh, uh, Jace, uh, uh, no, you switch spots right here. <laughs> Nick, your phrase is, I am saved. Try that for me when I point to you. I am saved. Okay, now you got to be a little more excited about being saved. I am saved. There you go. Good job. Good job. All right, because we get in these situations, you know, and, and, and we have to look at ourselves and we say, we look at our mess and we say, I have sinned. But because of the gospel, we know now I am saved. we got that. But we've got one more to add because we have a message for our community. And it is the phrase, Jace, this is yours, you can be too. Got it? Give it a shot. One more time. <laughs> one more time. <laughs> you can be too, Jace. You can be too. All right. Because now look, I, that's, I got Jace for this because look, that's what he's about out here, teaching people the gospel, baptizing, right? You can be too. You can be saved. And so in all of our mess, all of our, all of our deals that we're, we're doing, sharing, look, we're not going out like we've got it all together. We recognize, first of all, in our own lives that... I have sinned. We have sinned. We all have. We're in the middle of this thing. But what's great news is because of the death, burial, and resurrection, I can shout, I am saved. And that message, now we come out telling people this Easter week and every week that you can be too. All right.
Thank you, guys. Y'all, I appreciate your help. Well, that's the take home. We're all in the same boat. Look, when you get out and meet people, regardless of their situations in life, of what kind of mess it's been made of, Satan's attack, sin, all the things that are going on, look, you and I are no better than anyone we meet out there on the street. I don't care what kind of degrading situation they've got themselves in. We're the same way. I have sinned. And I broke God's heart when I did. It's not that I broke his law, although I did that, but I broke his heart. But boy, that sweet story of Jesus and the understanding of grace where I can say now, I am saved. Not that I hope I'm saved. I might be. I am saved. Not because of me. But 1 John 5.13 says that I can know I have eternal life by what God's done for me. I am saved. And that leads us out to a message to our community. Look, I don't care where you're in. You can be too. And we want Whitesbury Road, this church, to be the place known for rescuing people out of their desperate situations. Physically, emotionally, more importantly, spiritually. You can find it here. You can be saved. What a great message we have for our community. If you're here today and you're not saved, hey, you confess your own sins. Make Jesus the Lord of your life. Be baptized in Christ. Start all over brand new. We had one do it before service. We're, we're, we're willing to wait for men to do it after. It all starts right here. If your brother and sister just hadn't been on board, hey, now's a great time for revival in your own heart. Because we need everybody on board. We need revival in our town, in our country. And then sometimes when people are in desperate situations, it makes them look more toward God. Let's get the good news to them. Let's share with them. So if you have a need to respond to the invitation, please do so while together we stand and sing.